Listen while you list. VMRN. Voice Marketing Radio Network. Welcome to eBay Radio, the show whose tracking is always uploaded. Now, here's your host, Griff. Yeah, the question is, is it always delivered, though? This segment is brought to you by 6-Bit Software, your all-in-one platform for creating, sending, and managing eBay listings right from your desktop. By now, you should be aware of the e-commerce boogeyman known as the Internet Sales Tax. We, Lord knows we've talked enough about it. Well, that boogeyman just got one giant step closer to becoming, um, well, your best friend sitting with you in the room, otherwise known as reality. That's where eBay's government relation team comes in. Brian Berrion uh, is the executive director of global public policy, and he's with us now to explain how eBay got your has your back. Brian, what do we know about the current court decision regarding collecting sales tax on the Internet? And could you please provide some background from your expertise and perspective? Sure, Griff, and thanks for having me on. I know the eBay government relations team not only do we spend a lot of time dealing with the sales tax issue, but our, our mandate is to make the world a better place and eBay a better place for our sellers to do business. So I'm glad to be here. You know, for as long as there's been Internet commerce here in the United States, a big issue was always, is there sales taxes on the Internet? It actually had to do with a court decision, goes back actually 50 years. The most recent court decision until last week was called the Quill decision. And it's basically was set a really simple rule. The simple standard was that if a retailer had a physical presence in a state, if they had an employee or some kind of facility, they would have to collect sales taxes in that state. What that meant was that it was easy basically for anybody who sold because they could they could answer the question, do you have an employee somewhere or do you have a facility somewhere? They could figure out if they had to essentially register to collect sales tax in that place. What happened last week was the court said that simple rule – which was honestly much more simple than most tax law that it was that it was time for that to go and they basically overruled that simple physical presence rule in what is going to be referred to as the Wayfair case brought to us by the internet furniture dealer wayfair.com and instead we are now actually entering a time of much less simplicity and clarity because what we know is that the simple physical presence test is no longer operative. And instead, it, it's not clear in a case-by-case basis when a business will be large enough that they have to collect sales taxes in a state when they're not actually physically there. Now, eBay's government relations position, eBay's position has always been that small businesses in particular should not face remote sales tax obligations. If you're a small business in one state, we think collecting sales taxes in your state makes a ton of sense, but having to collect sales taxes all around the country is is both not proper legal principles, but also we think it's bad for the economy, it's bad for growth, it's bad for small business development. So, Brian, so, I know that... Um, there's a misconception. I just want to clear this up for a second. I know there's a misconception out there beyond just the this particular case at um, Supreme Court. The Supreme Court doesn't create the law. They just rule on the constitutionality of existing laws, correct? True. And so they ruled in this case right. on whether or not this law in South Dakota, as applied 
to Wayfair, Overstock, and Newegg, three specific large retailers, whether or not it was unconstitutional due to this physical presence rule that has been in place for the last 50 years. And what they said was, no, that law is not unconstitutional for that physical presence reason. And actually now the case is going back into the South Dakota courts for what will be probably a couple months of further review. And we do expect that that law is going to stay on the books and that applying it to large retailers will be something that will be constitutional going forward, again, in that state. So if an eBay seller has a person, uh, eBay seller lives in California, and and they have a person um, listing for them that lives in her house in Texas, all right? Non, mm-hmm. maybe an outside contractor, let's say. Will she, or, or let's say an employee. Will that person still be, have to pay the taxes in that state still because the old nexus said if you had an employee in that state? Or is it now that wiped away? That's a great question. It's not entirely clear. So before Thursday's decision, the con, the, the, the understanding was that even a small physical presence like that, like, as you said, you have a remote employee living in a different state, that did give you presence in that state, and legally you were required to collect sales taxes in that state on all your sales. Now it's not entirely clear if very small physical presence would continue to give that same obligation. Like, it's the other side of the coin. Everybody thinks that what happened last Thursday was saying, well, now a business doesn't have to have physical presence and they can still have the tax duties. And for larger retailers, that's definitely true. But it's possible because there was actually some language in the decision that basically said, well, this is totally unfair that a large retailer might sell a million dollars in a particular market and a small business might actually just have, as you just put it, one employee. Like, that's not fair that the small business has more tax duties than the large business. Right. So it's not clear, although I would say going forward, it's probably best for businesses to pretty much figure that anywhere where you had tax obligations before this announcement on Thursday, you're going to probably continue to have them for the foreseeable future. And that instead, it's going to be important to recognize that if things are changing, it's going to take some time to change because Mm -hmm. state laws are going to have to be changed. And then those state laws are potentially going to be challenged in court. And a lot of it always has to do with who do states actually try to enforce their tax laws against? Because that's really where the rubber meets the road. It's if a state goes and tries to require a small, a really small business, let's say five states away, to collect their taxes, that's where you end up with these challenges that go to court, for example. Why don't we get all the states together, serve chicken soup, say, let's come up with one thing here, guys. Spoken like a true mother. <laughs> Would they ever get together to do that? <laughs> so, there, first of all, in the last... 20 years, there's an organization called the Streamline Sales Tax Project, which is sort of that group. They get together. They actually get together almost every month. It's about 30 states, and they claim that they have essentially streamlined all their rules. The irony is that it's a club of states, so their first rule is you never actually force the states to do anything they don't want to do. But 
they sort of have streamlined. I think the <laughs> eBay perspective is that it's not as though being a small business on the internet makes business so easy that like money just falls from the sky, that it's actually hard to compete remotely in what is the most competitive commerce market in the world. And so the idea that we should be adding any new tax burdens to our small businesses who have all kinds of challenges in doing you know, retail, even with the internet, doing retail over huge distances with a few customers spread all around the country and even around the world, that we don't need new tax burdens for that at all. And so our first goal is to either have the federal government set an acceptably high floor, because what we really had happen last Thursday was the court said for a really big business, relying on this physical presence test is just not going to fly anymore. But they left open what the floor will be. And our job at eBay, we think, government relations, is to have that floor be acceptably high so that small businesses can grow before these new any kind of new tax burden. So what would you have the threshold be? Well, so rather than say what we would pick, because I would pick the highest threshold possible, it would be the fact that the South Dakota law uh, said that that law's threshold was $100,000 of sales into South Dakota. And so $100,000 in South Dakota, in the e-commerce context, where basically sellers tend to sell sort of proportional to the population. Actually, if you work that out on a national basis, that would be around $40 million in sales, which, again, to some people it seems like a lot. That's the amount of business that, like, the average Best Buy store does. Mm -hmm. But $40 million, okay, let's pick that. So then the Small Business Administration actually has their own definition for what a small business e-commerce business is. And they say you graduate for the purposes of federal, like small business loan programs, you graduate at $30 million. So maybe it's 40, maybe it's 30. It Maybe eBay, back in the legislative battle on Capitol Hill in 2013, we recommended that they create a small business standard in federal law at $10 million. So there are these different numbers. You know, we've talked about 10. The Small Business Administration says 30. South Dakota's law says 40. I think that it should be big enough so that the, so that the business itself actually has their own accountant and their own lawyer, and they can actually remotely think about actually complying with these laws in a lot of places. Boy, that so sounds Way- good. So that Wayfair, yeah, it does. you know, Wayfair is $4.5 billion, which on one hand seems like a lot, but at the other hand, like Wayfair is less than 1% of Walmart. <laughs> so, so it's, Big is in the eye of the beholder. Griff, I think we should have Brian back on. Well, we will. To continue this conversation. Absolutely. What should a small eBay seller do right now? We only have about 30 seconds. I think a small eBay seller should first sign up for the eBay Main Street Government Relations Program. Everybody should be going to www.ebaymainstreet.com because we work hardest to make sure the voices of our users and our sellers are communicated effectively to their government officials because now we're in a period of time where it's even more important than ever for government to take care of small businesses on the Internet 
And eBay wants to help our sellers do that. Amen. You did good, Brian. Please come back on the show. Thanks, Brian. This segment was brought to you by Six Bit Software. Up next, social media here on eBay Radio. USPS has a lot of great ways to ship your stuff. Here at Stamps.com, we support them all. Stamps.com was the first company to be approved by the U.S. Postal Service for buying and printing postage online. And in our 20-plus years, we've learned a lot about eBay sellers. And we know that deciding which shipping option is the best for each package can be tough. That's where we can really help. Stamps.com's best rate comparison engine automatically picks the lowest cost USPS option for your package, making sure you never overpay for postage. If you're new to Stamps.com, we invite you to try our four-week trial. We'll even throw in a free five-pound shipping scale. Shipping and handling fee required. So, the next time you need to figure out the best way to ship your package, remember Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Spend less time shipping, more time selling. As an eBay seller, you've got a lot to keep up with. That's why it pays to read Tame Bay. For more than a decade, Tame Bay has been bringing you daily must-read news from online marketplaces worldwide. And that's just for starters. Tame Bay also provides how-to guides, up-to-the-minute videos, and insightful e-books. All with an eye towards enabling you to make your e-commerce business as profitable as possible. Because Tame Bay founders Chris Dawson and Dan Wilson know firsthand what it takes to succeed on eBay and elsewhere. Sign up for a free membership to access all that Tame Bay has to offer. Including the Tame Bay Guide, a comprehensive directory of tools and services that can help you sell more online. For up-to-date e-commerce news and content from all around the globe, go to TameBay.com. That's T-A-M-E Bay.com. Sourcing products can be a lonely job. First, you have to figure out what's going to sell. Then you have to get it home. Every detail rests on your shoulders. You can lighten that load with bulk, spelled B-U-L-Q. Bulk lets you buy liquidation goods by the pallet or case, delivered right to your door. And their support doesn't end at your doorstep. For starters, Bulk guarantees their manifest to be 98% accurate as to both composition and condition. If there's more than a 2% discrepancy, they'll refund the difference, period. And Bulk handles logistics every step of the way, from real-time order tracking to reliable delivery. Got a question? With Bulk, getting customer support is as easy as their phone number. 844-311-BULK. So don't go it alone. Browse those manifests for free at bulk.com. That's B-U-L-Q dot com. <laughs> 